Hello, and thanks for joining me again on this Monday, December 17th, 2018. Well, this is the second podcast that I've done. I'm sitting here with my uh, nitro cold brew coffee. I figured I'd talk to you for a few minutes about artificial intelligence. Now, artificial intelligence is uh, its a scary thing to a lot of people, right? You know, we get that, that image of the killer robot with the machine gun attached to its head, you know, coming and attacking Earth. Or, you know, famously, you know, the HAL 900. I can't do that, Dave. I can't open that door. You know, all terrifying events in the, in the grand scheme of things because it's... Something we as humans can't control or seemingly can't control. Well, the fun part about artificial intelligence is that there's a lot that goes into it that, well, we can't control. Now, one of the things I want to tackle specifically today is kind of the ethics around artificial intelligence. Now, this is not going to be exhaustive. Uh, I know I'm exhausting, but this will not be an exhaustive position on ethics within uh, artificial intelligence. Frankly, I'm not an ethicist. I'm a, kind of a psychologist kind of guy by trade. So I like to think it through from a kind of a neurorational type standpoint. Did I just make a word up? I think I did. Anyway, it's all good. So I want to talk about ethics. Ethics. Why are ethics important when it comes to artificial intelligence? Well, it's the same thing that we used to talk about in the 80s where or kind of the seminal garbage in is garbage out kind of concepts, right? Since artificial is derived from math, it's a very binary kind of concept, right? People develop algorithms. Algorithms are formulas, a way that things should be processed. There's a level of kind of interactivity there that takes values, examinates, examinates, examines them in a more binary fashion. Dude, the coffee's not working evidently well enough. He examines them in some sort of fashion. He provides an output, right? So input equals some sort of output, right? So if I throw a whole bunch of data at my algorithm, my algorithm is going to come up with a conclusion that may or may not be, scarily enough, the right one. Now, it will always be true to the data that's been given. It will always be true to the algorithm, right? You know, mathematics is inherently a true false kind of, um, you know, kind of of value system, right? Now, we're not talking about extemporaneous or quantitative, you know, quantum maths where there can be multiple states or this kind of uh, theoretical maths where there could be more than, you you know, A plus B equals C. Again, I, I'm not that smart, so I'll let other people kind of rationalize to that. But what we're saying is that certainly, you know, a value A plus a value P is going to come to a conclusion C. Or is going to have a, it has going to have a value that's going to be raised on that. Now, disagree with me all you want to. Please, I'd, I'd love to learn more. And this is just my opinion. That's the beauty of this whole thing. But when it comes down to it, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give my algorithm a, a large amount of data that's been curated, hopefully, or that's not been curated, unhopefully. And it's going to come to a conclusion based on the way that I program that algorithm in the work, right? So if I have a simple sorting algorithm, it's going to say, you know, here's all, I'm going to give it a whole bunch of structured or unstructured data. It's going to go through, it's going to sort it, you know, depending on how I have it set up. Now in the news, we, we hear, <laughs> we hear about, Misplaced data all the time, right? We talk about Amazon, Amazon's, you know, shipping data databases, or we talk about Facebook, you know, famously, 
Facebook manages to fuck up everything that they do these days. And frankly, if you're not on Facebook, congratulations, you're dodging a huge privacy bullet. But Facebook, large amount of data. When it comes to me, let's say, the way that Facebook views me is not as Dave Graham, even though that's my wonderful God-given name. Well, David, I should say. You know, but what Facebook views me in is a single, white, 40 years old, male, American, blue hair, blue eyes. I was going to say blue hair. Not blue hair today. You know, brown hair, blah, 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 blah. Any number of descriptions that, well, truthfully, are me. But they don't represent, you know, like my whatever. So they sample, you know, your personality taste. Dave clicks on these kind of categories in Facebook. He's always looking at this person's pictures. He's always doing, God, the list is exhaustive, right? Well, that's all data that could be fed into an algorithm. And the algorithm would come back if it was just me and say, 40-year-old males look at cute animal pictures. And watch a lot of YouTube videos on how to do woodworking. And I mean, come on. It's just, you know, let's not get too into my... uh, rather boring existence but this is what we do you know that's what ai is evaluating that algorithm that facebook has developed or that you could develop or you know it's going to predict something based on data it's going to come up with a conclusion based on a data that's been fed so ethics and ai if i feed a collection of data into my algorithm and i don't have an understanding of what that data collection is i'm going to get an answer that's going to be true to the data and true to the algorithm but may lead to a false conclusion all right, let's 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 unpack this a little. Let's take mortgage data because everybody likes to be in on mortgage data. If I take a whole bunch of mortgage data and let's say I take it from certain particular, you know, certain economic areas of a given state that may or may not be positively influenced by the amount of cash flow, taxation, and so on and so forth, and I start feeding mortgage data there. And my algo is designed to look at the foreclosure rate per capita and it's designed to determine a risk level. Okay, risk levels being very, very simple red, um, green and yellow, right? It's the standard stoplight, you know, risk level uh, approximations. Now, if I feed it exclusively data from, well, I'm living in Massachusetts, let's take an, an economically diverse area such as Springfield, Massachusetts. If I were to feed the foreclosure rate of Springfield, Massachusetts into my algo to determine risk, I'm going to come back probably in the yellow to red zone. Why? Well, we know from just kind of demographics and the way things go, that Springfield is not the most economically advantageous city in massachusetts same thing could be said about worcester same thing could be said about these different towns now if i only looked at data from that particular spot any good statistician would say you have a very low sample rate you're basically looking at uh well your n equals one and you basically have junk data that's not statistically valid it's maybe statistically valid within that given city right okay springfield has a shitty shitty uh, foreclosure rate, but it's not statistically valid because your sample size is only one. I mean, again, if I'm looking for, you know, if I'm just looking at that city, sure, that's one thing. But if I'm looking at foreclosure rates for a given region or if I look for a county, I, again, I'm feeding data in that I know is going to have a response or a respective result that's going to be negative, right? So what you see is that this can be weaponized to a certain extent. Again, people can feed bad data into algorithms and get bad data 
you know, truthfully bad data back, you know, so legitimately bad data back and use it to make stupid ass decisions on how they're going to do stuff. So if I'm the, you know, Freddie May or Freddie Mac or Ellie May, Freddie Mac, and I'm the government and I'm going to go out there, I'm going to develop an algo to look at foreclosure rates across the country. And I start feeding data in and I start feeding data in from all these impoverished areas. And I start, oh, oh my God, look at these hot spots. Oh my gosh. You know, Arkansas. Oh my God. It's in the shitter. Apologies to Arkansas. You're not really in the shitter all the time. You just started a favorite whipping boy for, for pretty much everybody these days. You know, hey, Walmart. If I look at that data, it's going to be completely and utterly biased and skewed towards a particular subset, right? Because the algos don't lie. They're just going to show you the obvious conclusions that are come by virtue of the data. So what we have here is somebody that didn't really understand what they were doing. So when it comes to algorithmic, algorithmic decisions, right? Garbage in is garbage out. You have to look at the way, it doesn't matter how good your algo is, you have to look at the way that the data is being fed in there. Good science says, I'm going to take this, I'm going to speculatively analyze it against any number of regions, right? If I look at the foreclosure rate of Arkansas versus Oklahoma, that's a valid comparison. If I look at the foreclosure rate within Arkansas, that's a valid comparison. However, if I start to pin stuff through and if I start to look at these individual things, I'm going to start to develop criteria that's going to unfortunately impact a large amount of people if i sign risk within a county that has been flagged as hey red i'm going to deny or i'm going to possibly influence the outcome for people that have good credit or have good standing or have good basis for the loans that are going to do the danger is i'm supplying data and i'm not understanding how it's being done right? I have to have that caution when everything and that's just mortgage data when we look at financial data if we look at loan data, if we look at healthcare data, we start to look at how things are being predicted or how things are being processed algorithmically, the algorithms aren't necessarily at fault. They're taking what is binary states and they're replying in a binary state. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is bad, right? There's no modicum and there is no medium in there. Machines are not programmed all right. AI in general is not necessarily programmed when it comes to these kind of binary or binary fixed evaluations to have emotions around what's going on. They're not going to go, oh, my God, Arkansas, you know, because why? They don't give a shit about Arkansas. They're, that's not what they're designed to do. It's not like the algorithm says, I was born in Arkansas. I have to respect Arkansas. Now, how do I go from Massachusetts to Arkansas? Just roll with me here. It's 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 a thing. But that's what's going on here. It's like that data is being fed here. So there's, there's, no, there's no emotion being applied to this, which arguably is the emotions on the submitter side. It's in the, I have all this data. I'm going to put it in there. I'm just going to start feeding it in there. So a lot of what we have to do is careful curation in how we do this stuff. This is why when we do learning, we label, right? We have to be careful with our labels, but this is an entirely different story. When we're doing learning, when we're doing inference, we always want to make sure that we're checking this stuff. Accidents are going to happen. There's going to be unavoidable, you know, unavoidable conclusions that are going to be made. And we always have to be on top of those things. But when it comes down to it, what we're faced with is the very real reality that garbage in, in equaling garbage out has a real-time effect on people's lives and quality of lives notwithstanding. So that's a lot of information. It's a lot of opinion that's wrapped up in this. But, you know, frankly, it's a lot of things that affect you and I and how we move forward in this day and age. I don't want to be seen as that 40-year-old single white male, you know, according to Facebook, that can't get a loan because I live in an area that's economically depressed. Or 
you know, that I have X, Y, and Z. The totality of what I look at when I look at myself and my career, I got work to do, absolutely. But I want to be seen holistically. I want the data that represents me to be holistically defined, not just algorithmically defined um, and algorithmically filtered down to a certain time thing that has in a, an inevitable bias towards stuff. Um, we haven't even talked about race bias. We haven't even talked about some of these other things, but there is actual implicit bias in, in some of these things. Maybe I'll save this for another podcast with somebody else who can come on here as an expert about implicit or explicit bias. But suffice it to say, a lot of how these things are done and carry the weight of bias along with them, even though the creator didn't intend them to have such a thing. So we have to be careful in the application of our data, how the data is fed to the AI, how the data is learned how it's labeled, how it's packaged, how it's curated, it becomes important as well, how we flag it, how we tag it, how we manipulate it, how we process it, and then how we interpret the data results as well. Again, good statistics says you have to have a larger sample size, you're gonna get better valuation on that stuff. Looking at the data as it comes in becomes hugely important for how artificial intelligence is able to be processed. So, in summary, historically, Big bad data, big bad AI, big bad robots, right? Hal 900, I can't do that, Dave. You know, to the evolution of that AI, and which is less nefarious on the onset. You know, I don't have an evil voice in the back of my head going, you can't do that. But I also have a less, you know, nefarious voice going, well, you can't have that now. And those you cannot haves are based around sometimes bad, bad bad use cases with data, bad, bad data handling, bad, bad algorithmic handling of the resultant data, bad curation, bad data sampling. So we have to be careful. That's part of the ethics of AI and what we need to look for in the future. So all that to be said, I'm Dave Graham, run a blog, elementalcollision.com. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Graham. That's at Dave Graham, all one word. Hit me back with your questions, responses, comments, concerns, anything that you want. You have a topic for this next your next podcast. Love to hear from you. If you want to shoot the shit with me and ask me how I am still single at 40 years old, well, there's a story behind that. And you can listen to my alimony podcast. <laughs> that being said, I hope you guys have a great Christmas, a great Christmas break. Go out, bless others, be a blessing. Do not keep this Christmas joy to yourselves. So Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Friends Miss. Feliz Navidad. Uh, uh, you know, so many things. Be the blessing to others and be blessed yourselves. All right. Take care. <laughs>